You know, Peggy, the driver is not just a golf club. It's a dream machine, taking us to a land of possibilities. That's great, Harry. But I'm Rihanna, and you're not Don Draper. Don't interrupt me, Peggy. Harry, you have a live show to do. Oh, here, hold that. Don't worry, it's not lit. Ah, live show, no script. What could possibly go wrong? Appreciate it. Keep it going. Thank you. Thank you. This is Callaway Live. I'm Harry Arnett. So for those of you who are not meant to be here for Callaway Live, we will wait a few seconds as you exit the room. You're all here. Yeah. That, that applause felt a little, a uh, little inauthentic to me. A little. No? Is that real? No. Okay. Okay. Good. Well, I'm glad that you guys are here. Thank you. We're gonna pump all that up in post-production anyway, so don't worry. But we got a great show for you guys today. I think we've been on a little bit of a run here with Callaway Live. They brought us back for another show, which is great. And by they, I mean we. We decided to do another one. And, um, and it's a great show. We've had a bunch of good ideas, I think, for this show. As you guys know, we've been on, as I said, quite a run on our good ideas. Um, actually, not all of our ideas have been good. We remember when we had Pete Dye redo our ECPC, our driving range down there. So here's the before. Pete Dye, there's a beautiful driving range. Had Pete Dye come in, redo it. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of lost golf balls. Yeah. That idea was uh, probably not quite as bad as the time we had him redo our parking lot. So that wasn't very good. And then since we got a three for two deal, he redid our office as well. So there we go. A lot of good ideas, but tonight might be the best idea we had because for those of you that are interested in sort of this convergence of entertainment, media, news, digital execution. We have Will Kierski here today, who I know you guys are like, uh, Will, you know, you know Will? Yeah. yeah, you know Will. All right, Will is the guy responsible for Vice Sports. Now, you guys may know Vice Sports, certainly you know Vice. My relationship with Vice is a little different. They have a show on HBO. I saw Vice, my wife had gone to bed at eight o'clock on a Friday as she normally does. There's <laughs> no picnic being married to me all week. And I saw Vice, and I thought, okay, this is going to be a good buddy drama, buddy. And I shut. And 30 minutes later, I've watched Tomb Raiders, Grave Robbers in Egypt, and I was riveted. So they've started this new. I know, true story, actually. So they started this new Vice Sports, covering sports differently. Will's running that. He's here today with us, and I think it's going to be really interesting for us to hear what Will has to say about sports, about entertainment, about media, and. Um, all of the interesting things that are going on with Vice today. So stick around. We'll be right back with Will Kierski from Vice. innovation for Chrome Soft, the Softfast Core or the Durspin Cover. Both are actually big innovations, but they come from different time periods. The Durspin Cover was actually introduced for Hex Black Tour, but from there we really iterated on the design and we made it even better for Chrome Soft. The Softfast Core is brand new, and that's something that's very specific to Chrome Soft. So you could say that the Durspin Cover is an evolution and the Softfast Core is a revolution. 
Hey, I'm Harris English. After I've exhausted everything on the internet, I always watch Callaway Live. Harry, have you ever considered a name change? Harris Arnett really rolls off the tongue. Yeah. All right. So you like that, Harris Arnett? Why not? I'll go with that. He, he delivered it uh, so passionately. So, um, all right. So you guys know about Vice. And for those of you who are watching live, take a second. We're going to give you a few minutes to Google Vice. And while you do that and you're seeing what Vice is all about, take a look at this video, and we're going to show you what Vice Sports is all about. Way to make it dramatic for our first visit here. You know, mental health is important to me now. You know, I, I got to a point where I was just closed off. I was living in uh, like a shelter. It's tough. You're just a ticking time bomb. I think at the end of the day, though, there is a mutual respect for each other's fans. These kids are basically good enough that any one of them could sign a minor league deal in the States like that. This is San Quentin State Prison. It's one of the most notorious prisons, but it's home to some really new ideas. They have sports programs that are making this one of the most unique prisons in California. We're in the Gold Coast of Africa. For some reason, it has turned out countless world champion boxers. Now, I could sit here and tell you all the cool stuff Vite Sports is doing, but why would you want to watch that kind of show? So instead, I'm going to have our buddy Will Kierski come out, who's the publisher of Vice Sports, and tell us all about it. Here's Will. Say hello to Will. There he is. Hey, Will. How you doing? Good to see you. Good to see you there. It's Will Kierski. Right here. Like this. How come you're not wearing like a blue blazer that says Vice Sports on it or something? I can already see I, I left it outside. I need to stay on brand for you. Something's a little different. Well, even you can just see from the video that we just watched little different vice sports how do you how would you describe how you're different from other entities that are covering sports well I think you know there's people out there that are obviously the, the titans of the industry that are the right hold, rights holders and they're doing a lot of sort of the studio talking head analysis kind of stuff and, and the box scores and the highlights um, but I think there's a still a great lane for storytelling and that's really what vice has built its brand on is immersive storytelling kind of peeling back a few layers to get to the core of it so you look at you know from that video, something we did, like the prison tennis program in San Quentin, and how it's not just a story about sports, but it's where sports intersects with culture. And I think that's kind of our, you know, from 30,000 feet mission statement. You didn't run into any Cowley employees there when you were doing that one, did you? <laughs> just <laughs> out of curiosity, not yet. But so, do you have, have you found that being independent has been tougher to get access to those types of things or, or easier? No, it's actually a really good question. You know, when we, when we launched Vice Sports, we thought about the reason to exist, and, the, you know, we went back and forth about it for months. Um, but one of the concerns I candidly had was that a lot of mainstream athletes weren't going to know who we were or be interested. But as soon as we launched, and I'm talking about from the, the very, you know, A-list athletes, celebrity athletes, 
were coming to us because they didn't want to do the thing where it was, you know, 87 microphones in their face after the, you know, the last round or, you know, the fourth quarter or whatever it is. They wanted a, a platform where they weren't entangled by any sort of like league rights or anything like that, where they could really, you know, speak their speak their mind and, and show that they're human beings at the end of the day, too, because I think, you know, so often we put athletes on this pedestal and we forget that they're just regular people. Is there a trust factor that you guys have built being sort of uh, spun out of the, the Vice Media group oh, where absolutely. people see there's an absolutely. honest storytelling? Absolutely, absolutely. And so when taking that with these athletes, how do you find the story? Do you do you go in with the idea or do do you work with them to kind of figure it out? I work with them to figure it out, especially on the video side. You know, a lot of, and it's been interesting because a lot of times when you start, you know, talking, and you, the conversation initially starts with their manager or agent or whatever. Um, and initially it's, so what do you want to do with Carmelo Anthony? And it's like, no, I don't want to just... Play one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not much uh, of a show, but memorable. But I do, I do want to tell my kids I played horse with yeah. them. No, but, um, but no, and so you, know, you, get, you get that, that sort of response, and it's like, no, that's, that's not... Like, I don't know him as a person, so like, I want to collaborate together and to figure out what his passions are, what his interests are, what's going to be interesting to an audience about him, as opposed to just like, yeah, me going to play horse or whatever, you know? Um, and I'm so picking him, by the way, if he's going, if that's what's happening. Because all he's going to do is do dunk five do times <laughs> and he beats you. <laughs> Not, uh, you may I, I wondering, come on. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, yeah, and, and so that's really how we've approached a lot of athletes is, is more partners and collaborators. And, and that's something actually we're, we're getting into going forward is uh, identifying a lot of athletes that we want to make, you know, partners as, uh, as part of Vice Sports and to create some really interesting content. Uh, we just went down with something I can't say yet. I will be able to announce at the end of the week. But uh, a sort of top-tier basketball player went down to... Cuba with the Cosmos and Pele because it's sort of, you know, it's opening up with Cuba. Um, and, and soccer's uh, usurping baseball as the national sport. So it's kind of this important cultural moment, sporting moment in Cuba. And so we went down there with a, with a very famous basketball player um, to go into the, the, the grittiest of the slums in, in Havana to sort of explore what's happening on a ground level uh, in sporting culture in Cuba. Um, and so we're going to be doing a lot of franchise li franchises like that. With, uh, with star athletes, and maybe not even star athletes, maybe young, up-and-coming, interesting athletes. We, wanna, we really want to bring the fan and athlete closer together in a different kind of way. You know, I think social media is great, but it's 140 characters or less or what have you, um, and we want to take it a step further. It's not that hard. You just put in a bunch of emojis and smiley faces. Exactly. That's all you got to exactly. do. Exactly. Do like, this trip was awesome in Cuba, smiley face, and then maybe that grinny one. Yeah. You could do that one, too. Bitmoji, do you have awesome. Bitmoji yet? You guys should hire me. I could, be, I could do this job. So have you guys seen an effect of how you guys cover stories in sort of the mainstream traditional media? Has that happened yet? Yeah, I mean, we've been getting a lot of pickup from mainstream tra traditional media. Um, so I think they're definitely... Um, Definitely taking notice of what we're doing. We actually, to, uh, to toot our own horn, we, uh, we won the We West. hate doing that here. We do not <laughs> self-promote or toot any horns that are not uh, other people's horns that we are tooting. Yeah. But, uh, but we, won, uh, we won the Webby in our very first year for the best sports site in the entire whole internet, um, which is a big deal. Were we not even nominated for that? How did we got no denominated for that? No, we knocked off ESPN. That's the first time anyone's done that in a while. Yeah, I'm sure they didn't care. No. Um, so you're seeing a little bit of that movement, and it, with that, there's got to be a lot more brand recognition than, than there ever was. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and it's great. You know, then more and more people are coming to us, um, both as readers and fans, but also athletes and contributors, and it's, it's really, really good. It's, it's trending up, and, you know, I want to work with you guys next. Well, here's something you might be interested in. Yes, I, I agree. We're, we, would be, we would be awesome to work with. Um, really easy to work with. Great athletes. Um, speaking of 
high energy athletes. And I'd like to think, as I've said many times on this program, even going back years and years and years ago when we first started Callaway Live, um, we're in the <laughs> what? We're in the dream delivery business here. And one of the things we're starting is a new content series. We take our really most passionate, um, you know, really high energy athletes, and we deliver kind of advice or really we're trying to give back to the community. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, and the guy that we you know thought was a great representative of this was uh, was Chris Kirk. And so here's a little thing that that we're going to be launching here, which is really kind of advice with Chris Kirk. So Chris, our cat escaped and is now stuck in a tree. What should I do? Why don't you grab a few clubs out of the garage and walk out there, toss them up there. I'm sure it'll scare that thing down. Vice Worthy? So I think one of the things we found, and I'm sure you guys are uncovering, is the athletes get kind of tired of the same old storytelling techniques that people are using. Even here, we've tried to do it a little bit different, and not only do we think consumers like it, or we don't know because we don't really ask them, but if they did, uh, we found our athletes really like it too, trying to do things a little bit different. That has to be something that is a, is a key selling point for you guys when you work with people. Absolutely. I mean, and I'll say time and time again, people forget that athletes are human beings, and they really want to be recognized as such. Um, and, and yeah, it's just, it's, it's a huge part of, of how we approach it. So what are some of the pieces you're most proud of if you were going to, you know, go home and your mom is like, are you, when are you going to get a real job? Does your mom do that? Yeah. I still don't know if I have a real job <laughs> or not. Um, so what are the pieces that you're most proud of? It's like, this is the best of what we can do as from Vice Sports. We did a piece with, uh, this rookie pitcher who was in AAA and they got called up, but, uh, he was living, he's a, he's a hippie kid. He's a 21 year old hippie kid from the mountains, uh, that lives in his van outside of the Jays training facility. Um, it's like a millennial's cribs almost <laughs> pretty right? much. Yeah. yeah. And he like surfs and paddle boards and goes fishing and then like, goes into Dunedin where the, the Jays have their training facility and like throws a 99 mile per hour fastball and now he's in the big leagues and he's got millions of dollars and he still lives in a little camper van. Um, and that was great. Uh, and then we also- With DirecTV. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then we went back to, well, back, I don't know why I said back. We went to China uh, to see what Stefan Marbury is up to now. I don't know if you know this, but he's uh, regarded as the king of Beijing. Um, so he plays for the Beijing Ducks right. as a player coach, best player in the, or has been the best player in the league. Uh, and they love him so much in Beijing that they've erected a statue of Stefan Marbury. You remember? There's like, a statue of Stefan Marbury in Beijing. Of the biggest sports stadium in Beijing. I gotta, uh, get, I gotta get there. And the last we all remember of Stefan Marbury is him like eating Vaseline. Remember those videos where he's like crying and eating Vaseline? It was like yeah. the weirdest thing ever. Uh, so, but he's like thriving in China, like loves it. His whole entourage isn't like his crew from Coney Island. It's like a bunch of Chinese dudes. Like it's <laughs> weirdest thing. Um, and now to take it a step further, there's a play. Like, there's Marbury the Musical. Uh, it's a two and a half hour, like 750 people in the theater, where he comes out at the, for the last like 15 minutes and like plays himself and does this like super emotional, like he's crying, like, I am Marbury, you are Marbury, we are Marbury. And like the, the whole crowd is like standing and cheering. It's like the most surreal thing you've ever seen. Um, we are Marbury, let's try it, no, no. We are hashtag Chad. Yeah. No. All right. Hashtag Chad the musical. You're not into that idea. Okay, we'll do that. One I learned about it today. Yeah. So that's that's pretty interesting. How? What's the, kind of the creative process like? Is it pretty 
typical of what you would see at a normal media organization? Or I've never worked at a normal media organization, oh, okay. so I don't really know. I've never worked at a normal company, so that's good, too. <laughs> um, no, look, we've got a lot of really good, smart young people that are just out there digging up stories all day long. Um, at the end of the day, I'm lucky enough that my job is to, you know, just get pitched on cool sports stories all day long and greenlight the ones I like. Yeah, so we kind of do that here, too. As I said, we, we had the opportunity. We took full advantage of having you here earlier today. You guys probably didn't know this, but earlier today, since we knew Will was going to be here, and we like to think also here that we're one of the most dynamic creative factories on the planet. Am I right? Yeah. yeah. So we took our best and brightest people and their ideas, put them in front of you to see if we could come up with some uh, some great ideas that would make it on Vice Sports something, and they kind of didn't go very well. Right. So here, let's take a look right. at that. Right. Fail Galloway Marketing Pitches to Vice Sports. You see, the problem with golf is that there's way too many people in charge. You've got the commissioner of this, the executive director of that, the secretary of the other thing. What golf needs is one supreme leader that everyone can report to. And Vice Golf can make a splash in identifying that person and telling everyone who they should report to. And you know, I think he's sitting right here. I got a winner for you here. It's called Lifted But Not Clean. The untold story of why the 2015 Weed Olympic Golf Course construction was never finished. Wasn't the crew just lazy? Exactly. But why were they lazy? That's the question. It's time somebody did an expose on all these trick shot videos popping up everywhere. My analysis tells me there's a lot of editing hocus pocus. Because there are all kinds of continuity issues. What are you talking about? America is being duped. I know it. Will, I have two words for you and Vice Sports. Plum bobbing. How do you even do it? Does anybody even understand it? It's like witchcraft or sorcery or something. What's up with that? Good to, uh, it's good doing the show in front of the, uh, the home team here because we get the gratuitous laughter. Did you hear that? Yeah. That's nice. I know that, that, that was really... Uh, that was really kind of a pathetic attempt there, pitching some ideas to you. It was informative. Thanks for not. Do you guys do you get some ideas like that? Do people see it, engage it, and then push over? Hey, you guys should cover this. Not cool. Well, yeah, there's some of that. But I, I appreciate that people are always sort of pitching ideas and stuff like that. The idea that I get the most that's the most unsettling is I get a lot of dudes who think they should be starring in their own workout videos <laughs> that we should be airing on Vice Sports. I did it one time. I mean, why is that... <laughs> Uh, and you're just like, and I'll, I'll email back half the time too and just be like, so like, is there like a story here or something? They're like, no, no, no. It's just like, I think I'd be like the right dude for a workout video. And you're just like, okay. No. You guys ought to do what we do here. We always forward all those to the same guy in our company. He'll take care of his name, Dave Neville. Go ahead and forward those to Dave. He'll take care of it. He's sort of our clearinghouse for crazy ideas. Yeah. All right. I like it. Are we going to see that? I mean, have there ever been ideas that, came your way that you guys hey yeah we should do that or there's someone in a community that someone's mentioning that we'll go cover or someone absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah 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 maybe one in 20 times but yeah um got a really cool story right now coming up about two uh two kiwi brothers that moved to kenya to become because they want to become great distance runners they realized they couldn't do it in uh in new zealand uh and that was a story that was pitched by an outside source that we, we brought them in to work on but like these guys are like characters. It's like Flight of the Concords is now living in Africa trying <laughs> trying to be distance runners and they're like unbelievable. And they like hate like love hate, like twin brother weird, like punching each other in the face, yeah. I love you, man, the whole thing. Like uh, Brett and Jermaine. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like fly, fly, a little fly of the Concords uh, illusion there yeah. for you. 
So when you guys go and do a story like that, because when I get when I see what you guys do, I think speed and sort of light fast delivery. And you saw from the video, and if if you guys go on the website, you'll see that the the visual aesthetic is is pretty dialed in. Of Vice, is it is it a small crew that you would send to do something like yeah. that? Yeah, 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 almost always. Um, usually our crews are more than four or five people. Um, and it was really funny actually. I, I wasn't there, but uh. A bunch of our DPs, camera guys, uh, were out in uh, in Vegas for some convention, you know, some industry convention, uh, and they were. That's what I always tell my wife. It's an industry convention <laughs> that I'm heading out. We go to lots yeah. of industry conventions yeah. in Las Vegas. Um, but uh, yeah, and they were talking, just casual conversation with uh, the crew from some 60 Minutes and some shows like that. And they're like, "So, what do you guys, you know, what do you typically bring in your shoot?" And they're like, "Our our guys were like, hey, well, we pretty much like we try to check everything. You know, we we barely." Sorry, barely check anything. Usually, just try to carry everything on. They're like, "How many bags is that?" They're like, you know, five people, maybe six, eight bags at most. And those crews that are doing, you know, the traditional sort of news magazine show, are rolling around with sixty to seventy bags per shoot. Like spending like upwards of like twenty to fifty grand just on just on checking luggage. Yeah, uh, and you guys can out hustle them and get to yeah, the oh yeah, yeah. Probably, it's, much, right? it's a much more natural and organic way to tell a story. People are much more comfortable, especially like when we're working with you know on the sports side of things. When we're working with star athletes and stuff, like I try not to unless it's absolutely necessary. Like tell my crews like don't light things, like no boom poles in the face, none of that stuff. Like that's what people are used to, and that's what gets people like back in their shell uh, when they see a lot of you know pretty young people working in a non-traditional way. I think they get excited to really kind of like open up and tell their stories. Yeah, we agree. And fortunately for us, we can't afford any of that stuff that you just mentioned. <laughs> so it's sort of like an iPhone and maybe like a clip mic that we just yeah, that's there. cool. That's and cool. That works. And then we edit it together. And then we have smart people that edit it together. But you'll see. I, you got to see that, as we talked about earlier, this is sort of where it's going because it is so expensive and and slow to report all of the things that are happening, not just in the world of sports, but everywhere else that. You guys have to feel like, although you're playing a little bit behind in terms of being independent, you're really out ahead of how this is. Yeah, you, ha you have out. to be lean and nimble. You have to have a good crew of people. I mean, we have offices in, in 36 countries around the world now, um, and you just have to have kind of, if, if you want to tell the stories on the global nature and the way that we tell them, you need to be super lean and nimble. Otherwise, I mean, the costs just get outrageous. And like you said, it, people just, it's not a comfortable, natural environment at a certain point. And there's stories to be told in golf. You got to think that too. I mean, golf is a, a area that really hasn't been touched upon too much in terms of how people talk about it or market it or explain it or certainly, you know, getting that insider access into the athlete. Absolutely. And I mean, we're being totally honest. I mean, I think people, a lot of young people traditionally look at golf as like something for older white people. Um, and I think they don't really think about golf as as something that is you know why was he looking at me when he said that <laughs> you could have looked out there there's too many lights otherwise right, I mean, it's the only right. thing i can see um but uh but no and i think yeah there's, there's an incredible incredible you know rubric of stories to to tell within golf and golf it's a to me it's such an entertaining sport because there's i love the individual aspect of it and also that there's no referees you know like i'm a huge basketball fan obviously watched the game last night and everything and everybody can debate until they're blue in the face whether lebron got fouled when he's going to the you know to try to win it at the end of the fourth quarter. Um, golf, there's none of that. You're alone. What happened, happened. There's no changing anything. There's very rarely any rules questioning or anything like that. And I think that, you know, as a sport makes it really interesting too. But I think I don't think people really know a lot about the characters. And I think uh, I think there's a lot of space to do stories there, wink, wink. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that also one of the interesting things about golf is it's 
you know, you mentioned you're watching basketball and maybe you play a little pickup. The golf's a game you can play your whole life. And a lot of times you're playing, you can play the same courses these guys play too. So you can really feel like not only are you a fan, but you're an active participant in that kind of lifestyle. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, that, and that's a really incredible feeling. Too. I'll say it was my dad's 60th birthday last year and I've got, uh, I'm one of three boys. So four of us went and played uh, Pinehurst for four days. Uh, three months before they were going to play the open there. And that's just such an incredible feeling being able to do that. And then three months later, turn on your TV and watch how terrible you were compared to everyone else. Um, but also just, just that, that whole experience is just really, really cool. So you guys are going to be, I think touching into some of that as you touch all of these sports. And I mean, I am assuming the sports you guys will touch will be the big four and maybe, you know, some golf and some other stuff, or you do not want to limit it. No, I don't want to. I mean, sure, big four sort of North American stick and ball sports. Soccer is incredibly popular over here now as well. I think the U.S. women were tied at one against Australia at the yep. half, playing right now. So go, go U.S. women. Um, but uh, no, we want to look. It, it's where the great stories are. It's it's where sort of sports and culture intersect. That's what our audience cares about more than anything: is story. If I've learned anything in these last ten months of of, of the site being live, it's its story trumps celebrity. Uh, it, it really, really does. Well, that's a good, good place to end. Story trumps celebrity. That's great because we're we're all about stories. Since you know we're not really can't get any celebrities um, to come here. Not that you're not a. Celebrity, I was about to say, but dude. dude, you're not yet. You're gonna be too big for us soon enough. But I just want to thank Will for being here. Um, looking really forward to what you guys have coming on the horizon. I think a great fresh voice in the media, entertainment, digital entertainment landscape. And I know you guys have a lot of cool stuff coming so make sure that you check out vice sports uh where what's the best way to check how can they find you guys vicesports.com vicesports.com see easy as that follow us on facebook youtube twitter all that stuff the facebook the youtube the twitter i think we've got we've the, got uh, instagram we might even have a pinterest i was told that yesterday and was just like i don't sure okay but yeah we have those. It's probably all, Pinterest is probably all the good dishes that the people like to eat. Yeah. Sports. So we all those two. Thanks for being here. Really Thanks a lot, man. I really it. appreciate yeah. it. That's Will. Cheers, Keith. Next week, we have Tim Brando is on the show. And you guys know Tim. He's going to be broadcasting U.S. Open this year, and he'll be on the next Callaway Live. Thanks again, everybody, for being here. And we'll see you next week on Callaway Live. Five it. Thank you. 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 Thank you.